0: Good afternoon on the East Coast. Good morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of eloquentonline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic there of. Air conditioning yesterday, heater today, such as Texas weather in the late winter. Now, you didn't really think I would use my Rush Tom Sawyer intro on my first and last tribute to Black History Month. Uh, Looking forward to this because a lot has to be said about Black History Month and a great black American that none of us ever considered black. He was just First Sergeant Gill. That's who I'm talking about today, First Sergeant Gill, First Sergeant Curtis O. Gill Gill career army soldier Vietnam veteran airborne paratrooper all of that stuff at a time in the army when when you didn't see a lot of black soldiers doing those kinds of jobs we would meet in 1986 man it sounds like such a long time ago at Fort Ord California, it's not there anymore. It's kind of a big-time mountain bike area if you ever get a chance. It's a really cool place to go ride a mountain bike. Um, I was stationed there in the late 1980s with the 7th Infantry Division, the Light Infantry Division, big, big important division because our area of operation was central in South America where we were there to check and roll back the expansion of communism. In that part of the world, the Western Hemisphere, where it really matters, and, of course, the other thing that was going on in Central America, this issue with drugs being transported into the United States. Uh, One of my favorite shows on Netflix is Narcos. It does a great job explaining – I mean, it's not for young people, obviously. Well, I mean, I don't know, PG-13-ish. But anyway – it talks about that. The American military was training to go down there and and actively take out these labs and disrupt the transportation because it was seen as a national security threat. And it was constantly vying with the other mission of making sure that these, you know, there were communists in Colombia, there were cocaine dealers in Colombia, and all of it was right on the border with the most important waterway in in the world, the Panama Canal. And of course, I spent a lot of time Panama. Uh, It was a very, very important assignment at a very, very important time in American history. My company commander, I just checked, he's still in the Army. We knew him as Captain Townsend. Today he is four-star general, Stephen P.H. Townsend, head of the Africa Corps Still in the military 55 years old four-star general. they do not just hand out those four stars to anyone um, was surrounded by great soldiers great professional soldiers and first sergeant gill was the best uh first sergeant gill had an outsized impact on my life. Uh, he was a first sergeant, I was an E-4, okay? I was a grunt, I was an infantry soldier. I was on the on the Cold War battlefield, I was just a little speck on the organizational <laughs> chart, right? Uh, I, I marched to where I was told and shot at who I was told to shoot at. That's what we did in the light infantry. It's one of the great misnomers in human speech because there's nothing light about it. It just means we don't have tanks and vehicles to get us places. We walk excruciatingly long distances, carrying everything we need to live on for the week or the month, Um, more than twice my weight all the time. I only weighed 140 pounds when I was at Fort Ord. I routinely carried more than that, plus your, your weapon and your ammunition. Just pick up four magazines sometime of any kind of ammunition, and you'll feel the weight of it. Well, uh, first Sergeant Gill arrives at Fort Ord in the fall of 1986. And the first thing I notice about him is he has one of these old – I always call them good time vans. These vans that are tricked out with captain seats and a stereo system. And he has a personalized license plate from Georgia or North Carolina, one of the two. But it said simply, soldier. Our new first sergeant, his license plate said, Soldier. Uh, we knew the boss was there, and uh, like I said, he was a first sergeant. I'm a pawn. We, and yet we, we developed a friendship over those two and a half years that transcended rank in some ways. I never, ever lost my place. You know, I was never, ever disrespectful. I was, res, I respected first sergeant Gill immensely. I mean, he's gotta be almost, see, he was born in 47, so yeah, 87, 88, 40 years old, out leading the division run. You know, you know, uh, two miles no sweat, three miles better yet, four miles soaking wet, and he would just be out there run it. Uh, he had been a boxer. He was he was what we used to call in the 1970s if you didn't know him as a soldier, as First Sergeant Gill, the Vietnam veteran, airborne paratrooper, hardcore infantry soldier. He, we used to call people we would say of them kind of a jive turkey. It was an expression predominantly reserved for black people. Black people called other black people this, but you could say that about somebody, and it wouldn't start off. Oh, man, that guy's kind of a jive turkey. First, Sergeant Gil had a little bit of that in him. He had he had a lot of swagger. You know, I I used to say he's he's cooler than Lando Calrissian. Okay, if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll know what I'm talking about. And Lando Calrissian is thought to be in many times, the smoothest brother in the galaxy. First Sergeant Gill was smooth, but he was a soldier's soldier. He was not asking you to do anything he hadn't done in the jungles of Vietnam when people were shooting back at him. I don't become a military combat veteran until Desert Storm. The three years I spent in light infantry, uh, we did a lot of very realistic training. We shot a lot of live rounds. We did a lot of dangerous things, but nobody was ever really shooting back at us. The high-profile nature of the 7th Infantry Division means the training is rigorous. It is tough. Um, We did things that 99.9% of humanity simply can't do. Now, we were all very young, obviously. I was, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old when I was in the infantry. But because of our geographical importance, because of our AO, our area of operation being, you know, Central and South America, we were held to a very high standard and First Sergeant Gill, who had been a drill sergeant, he was the perfect person to do that. He had zero tolerance for mediocrity. Zero tolerance. I mean your uniform – when you were in garrison, when you were not training, your uniform had to be pristine, and that's how I wore mine. I modeled it the way he wore his. I had this special uniform I wore in garrison. I had all the buttons removed from it, had all the pockets stitched down, so when I wore it starched the way I did that, really, really heavy starch. The front of my uniform was as flat as a pizza box, and you know I rolled my hat in the infantry style. My soft cover, I had my name on the back with reflective tape. We, we were, we, we really thought we were the best soldiers in the world at Fort Ord, California, and you could make the case that we we were, we were, we were an answer to a problem that had been discovered in the invasion of Grenada a couple of years before. This little island in the Caribbean had taken some prisoners. We send in the 82nd Airborne Division and find out that we we don't really have the ability to close that last hundred meters and kill the enemy. We take a few rounds and then we call in the artillery, we call in the navy. Sometimes you gotta close with the enemy and make them enemy no more. And so the seventh idea is part of this new military doctrine of many of the lessons from Vietnam are being addressed in the in the conception of this conceptualization of the light infantry. It's kind of a back-to-basics kind of feel, and, and the soldiering is very, very hard. And so to have a first sergeant whose personalized license plate says soldier was just great professional Harmony. Um, the one story I will tell you about First Sergeant Gill. The Pope John Paul II, the last Pope that everybody liked, does a tour of the United States in 1987. One of the places he went to was Laguna Seca to do a mass for the farm workers of Central California. Now. He was doing these events all over the country, not just on Sunday. And so this was going to be on technically what is a work day. You know, When you're in the field, you're in the field. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday afternoon or Saturday night. But in, when we were what was called in garrison, it was Monday through Friday for the most part. And so I think it was on a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I went to First Sergeant Gill. And I said, First Sergeant, the pope will be at Laguna Seca tomorrow where Fort Ord ends, where the, the last perimeter fence that says no trespassing, where Fort Ord ends, you cross a street, that's Laguna Seca. So it wasn't like it was far away. And so I First Sergeant Gillian, I think this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I wondered if the Catholic soldiers could be dismissed tomorrow to go visit – to go see the papal mass. Now, like I said earlier, sort of that jive turkey thing First Sergeant Gill never just said yes or no, all right? He always had this hyperbole and this colorful, inimitable way of speaking, and I'll never forget what he said to me, and he had this way of talking. He said, for whatever reason, when most people in the military, especially when they're being addressed by a much senior enlisted person like First Sergeant Gill, he was an E-8, I was an E-4, E-3 when this happens. And um, he says to me, he calls me by first name, which is odd. Usually, you use somebody's rank, but he always called me by my first name. He goes, Jason. Deep within the heart of every soldier lies the will to aspire to greater heights. That means understanding your presence here at Fort Ord is not that as of a tourist, but as a killer, a light fighter. Message received. That's a hard no. Thank you, First Sergeant. You know about face. Now the the second part of the story is that I, I I got in my car and went down to the division chaplain and asked him and we did actually get the next day off to go see the pope and I did I saw the papal mass at Laguna Seca in 1987 uh, a church with 50,000 people. Oh man, I could I did a whole podcast on my time in the military because it was so much better than I thought those three years were going to be. Well, anyway, I found first Sergeant Gill in the mid 20 teens, uh, like like everything else on Facebook. But just one day I put in Curtis O Gill. He always went by Curtis O Gill. It is why to this very day that I always go by Jason M. Diaz. I just always thought that was so cool. You Always use that middle initial. It kind of helps your name stand out in the unlikely event that you're talking to two Curtis Gills or two separate Jason Dias. Anyway, it was just one of those things that I emulated because of the way he did it. A little personal branding before social media. As I always I sign my name that way. Uh, you know, my checks are made out that way. Anyway, just it was just one of those things. Like I said, it just had a tremendous, tremendous influence on me. And so that was one thing that I wanted to emulate. You know, that that ability to have sort of a, a uniqueness to your name makes it memorable. Here it is, you know, thirty five years later I still refer to him as First Sergeant Gil Curtis O Gill. I'm not sure I remember what the O stood for. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He he does die in in 2018, when I found him, he, he already had uh, the early stages of pancreatic cancer, and of course, you know, going through all the, the different treatments, it was very difficult to see him the way he was at the end. Having known him, really, in the elevated prime of his life, he, the, the first sergeant of an infantry company, there's only one of him, and that's what I always remember him. that zero tolerance for mediocrity. You, you either brought your best. To work every day or you found another company to be in. I'll never forget. We had a guy, you know, he got, got caught using a little marijuana, popped on the drug test. Okay. He loses some rank. He's restricted to the barracks for a week. All right. Move on. Uh, he gets busted again. That's it. Automatic out. You're gone. And I'll never forget. Um, he, you stand in front of the entire formation. The company turns its back on you. And then you're, you leave, and when you're out of sight, we turn back around. And first he said, you know, specialist so and so has lost the privilege of working with you, of being with you. We're not going to take our collective greatness down a peg for one guy who can't stop smoking marijuana. I mean come on, you're in for 3 years, you can suck it up and, you know, you can get right back to it as soon as you ETS, as soon as you get out of the service. Anyway, the reason I wanted to do this as my first and only Black History Month special is because First Sergeant Gill did it the old-fashioned way. All right? He grew up when things were really Bad in the Jim Crow South, not Jim Crow 2.0 because you don't agree with a certain legislative position. He grew up in the real Jim Crow South of North Carolina. Um, I don't know if he was drafted or if he joined, but he goes on to join the army as an enlisted soldier, serves two tours in Vietnam with the 25th Infantry Division, just think the movie Platoon. These guys did a lot of the fighting. They were headquartered in Hawaii, so they got to Vietnam faster and more often than anybody else, and he he, he lived, and he survived. Best soldier I ever knew. Absolute, 100%, best soldier I ever knew. I had my Fort Ord experience, and I had my time in Desert Storm in 1991. Served with a lot of great soldiers throughout my time in the military. But 1st Sergeant Gill was different, and The thing I want to say as it pertains to Black History Month, and the reason I'm never going to do one of these again, is because we never thought of him as black. No one ever said black 1st Sergeant Gill. It didn't even register with you. He was just 1st Sergeant Gill, the soldier you could depend on to be fair and tough. And for some people, it's a college professor or a football coach or a pastor. uh, The person that just really changed uh, the trajectory of my life was 1st Sergeant Gill, not a black guy. But if you want to talk about black people in February, here, I've done it. But the goal should be not to have a Black History Month and not to have to do these kinds of shows. And I'm certain 1st Sergeant Gill would feel the same way if he... I, Jason M. Dias, want to thank you for listening to the Powerful Women's podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? I promise you, it has almost nothing to do with race. As was the case when I was in the Army, as it is in banking today, the only color that matters, and matters, is green. Until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care.